Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 Of the Great Commentary of Cornelius Elipedi, St. Matthew's Gospel, by Cornelius Elipedi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verse 18 Now the birth of Christ was in this wise. The birth of Christ happened in this manner. For birth, the Greek has genesis, i.e. generation, properly so called, but genesis, i.e. rise, conception, generation, nativity, when anyone arises, he is conceived, is begotten, is born. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, Syriac, of the Spirit of Holiness, that is, the Spirit who is holy, and the author and fountain of all holiness. God willed the Blessed Virgin to be betrothed to Joseph, one, because Joseph appears to have been the nearest heir of David's kingdom, that it might devolve from him upon Christ, as from a father to a son, by due order and right of succession, as I have said, verse 16. Two, because Joseph was a most holy man, like unto the patriarch Joseph, of whose chastity and virtue he partook, as well as of his name. He was called Joseph, i.e. increased, for he was enriched with great gifts and graces from God. You may ask whether it be here meant that the Blessed Virgin was espoused to Joseph only by betrothal, or by an actual marriage, contract, and celebration of nuptials, and so whether Christ was incarnate and conceived of a virgin who was betrothed only, or one who was actually married. For to a virgin thus betrothed, Gabriel was sent to announce the incarnation of Christ, Luke one thirty eight, and the virgin consenting to his message and saying, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Immediately, in that very instant, conceived Christ. Many are of the opinion that the Blessed Virgin was only espoused by betrothal, or per verba de futuro, by which only a promise of marriage takes place. So St. Hilary, St. Basil, and Origen. But others think with better reason that the Virgin was espoused not merely by betrothal, but by marriage. Per verba di presenti, by an actual nuptial contract. This is proved, one, because Joseph is called in the verse following, and in verse 16, the husband of Mary. This must mean that he had married her. 2. Joseph wished to put her away as being with child, as it is said in the following verse. He had therefore taken her to him to wife, for no one puts away what he has not. 3. Because betrothed, Luke 2, 5, is interpreted to mean married. Yea, Joseph called her his wife. She was therefore already married and introduced into the house of her husband, Joseph as his wife, that by this means Joseph might be the attesting witness of her virginity and the guardian and nourisher both of herself and her child Jesus. Consider also that the Blessed Virgin, as soon as she had received Gabriel's message, being now full of the word, visited Elizabeth and abode with her three months. From whence does it seem that she there celebrated her marriage with Joseph, nor yet after her return to Nazareth, for there exists no trace of such an event, so that she must have celebrated this marriage before Gabriel's message and the incarnation of the word. 
neither would it have been becoming that an unmarried virgin should undertake so great a journey into a mountainous country without a husband or companion or without her guardian sending a maid or some female relation with her for because it was plainly befitting that christ should be born of a woman who was actually married in order that he might not be despised by the jews as illegitimate but might be received as a legitimate son and this is why joseph is called christ's father finally offspring is the proper fruit of wedlock thus jerome hamor chrysostom theophylact ambrose jensenius suarez and others passim it may be objected one that the angel says to joseph fear not to take mary thy wife therefore he had not taken her to wife but only espoused her by betrothal i reply to take here means the same thing as to keep and retain for the angel calls her his wife they were therefore married the hebrew verbs often signify not only inchoate but continuous action the meaning therefore is dismiss not o joseph thy wife mary but keep and retain her for nothing is put away save what has been received and possessed two the virgin is here called betrothed before they came together therefore before marriage in reply i deny the consequence to come together does not here signify to contract marriage nor yet to cohabit but to make use of marriage already contracted three why is she here spoken of not as married but espoused i reply she is called espoused or betrothed because her husband had not known her and therefore she was as a bride not yet married to her husband but only promised so st chrysostom hence peter christologos says joseph was a husband in name only by consent of his spouse that is he was accounted her husband by the bond not by the consummation of marriage that there was however a real marriage between joseph and the blessed virgin is certain from the words of the gospel and the common agreement of theologians and the axiom of lawyers that consent not consummation validates marriage whence saint augustine says the good of marriage was fulfilled in those parents of christ there was offspring fidelity a sacrament for these three are the three goods of marriage we recognize the offspring the lord jesus himself the fidelity for there was no adultery the sacrament for there was no divorce he teaches the same more at large against julian the pelagian who denied the marriage of joseph and mary in chapter nine he maintains that the jus matrimony is not repugnant to a vow of chastity by marriage i possess a right over my wife but because of my vow i cannot use that right lawfully if i do use it i sin against my vow not my marriage that is i do what is technically an irreligious not an unjust act for there is not adultery as it would be if the wife were joined in marriage joseph therefore had by matrimony a power over the blessed virgin but by his purpose and as it would seem by his vow of chastity he would not use this power to have a right or power to do a thing and to use that power are wholly different things the first is necessary for valid matrimony but not the second the right of cohabitation and quasi-dominion over a wife 
in the case of married virgins, has several true and real, not fictitious consequences. The first is that a virgin bride cannot marry another husband. The second is that although the vow be broken by cohabitation, it is not fornication. The third, that offspring divinely granted and born, as Christ in the present instance was conceived of the Holy Ghost, is accounted legitimate as being born in wedlock. From all this it may be gathered that the marriage of the Blessed Virgin Mary with Joseph was not only real matrimony, but lawful, yea, holy, real, because the essence of wedlock consists in the mutual delivery of power over each other's body, even though this power be never exercised. And a vow of virginity takes away this power and right from no one, but only renders its exercise unlawful. It is after a similar manner that the power is separated from the use of a thing, in the case of certain religious who remain owners of their paternal inheritance, but who, on account of their vow of poverty, are not able to make use of it. It was lawful marriage because, although the Blessed Virgin had made a vow of virginity, yet she lawfully and without peril of a breach of her vow engaged in marriage, because she knew by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that Joseph would never use this power and marital rights to the detriment of her vow. So St. Augustine and theologians pass him. It is more probable that the Blessed Virgin Mary had revealed this to her vow to Joseph before marriage and that he had consented to it. Some add that he had promised to be the guardian of her vow. It was holy marriage because by means of it Joseph protected the good repute and virginity of Blessed Mary and became the guardian, nourisher, and educator of the child Jesus. What was more holy than this? St. Thomas assigns many reasons why Christ was born of an espoused virgin, and he adds that there might be a fifth reason why the mother of the Lord was espoused and a virgin, in order that in her person both virginity and matrimony might be honored against the heretics, who either attack one or the other. The holy martyr Ignatius, cited by St. Jerome, gives yet another reason, in order that her childbearing might be concealed from the devil so that he thought that Christ was not born of a virgin, but of a wife. Observe here, tropologically, in the Blessed Virgin and Joseph, the utmost heights of angelic purity and virginity, and thus the Blessed Virgin has communicated this gift of conjugal chastity to several eminent persons, especially devoted to her, as to St. Pulcheria and Martian, to Saints Julian and Vasilia, to whom, in the first night after their vow of chastity, Christ appeared, accompanied by a vast throng of men in white robes, on the one hand, and the Blessed Virgin curt about with the virgin throng on the other hand. They who were with Christ chanted forth, Thou hast conquered, Julian, thou hast conquered. And they who were with the Blessed Virgin replied, Blessed art thou, Vasilia, who has despised earthly marriage and prepared thyself for eternal glory. Wherefore, Julian was the spiritual ancestor of innumerable believers in Christ and the martyrs. And Vasilia, by word and example, was the mother of innumerable virgins of Christ. Also St. Henry I, or as some say, second, emperor of Germany, led such a life with his wife, Conigons, 
of whom when he was dying he said to her parents, Lo, a virgin, I received her from you, a virgin, I restore her to you. Such, too, were St. Cecilia, with her spouse Valerian, to whom the Blessed Virgin sent by the hands of angels crowns of roses and lilies. Symbolically in this marriage, the family union of Joseph with Mary, there was an image of the sacred trinity. For Joseph represented the Eternal Father, the Blessed Virgin, the Holy Ghost, because she was most holy, and because she had conceived by the Holy Spirit. Christ represented himself, even the Son of God. Whence one, as there is a sacred trinity in the essence of deity in three persons, so here there was one marriage and one perfect family, consisting of three persons, namely Joseph, Mary, and Christ. 2. As in the Holy Trinity the Father spiritually begets the Son, and breathes the Holy Ghost, so here the Blessed Virgin spiritually, not carnally, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, conceived and brought forth Christ. 3. In the Holy Trinity the Father begets the Son, as light emits light, whence we sing in the Creed, Light of light, very God of very God. So the Blessed Virgin, as the star of the sea, brought forth Christ, who is the brightness of eternal light, and the mirror without a spot. Wisdom 7.25 Whence, like as a star, without any diminution of itself, sends forth its rays, so did the Blessed Virgin, without any derogation to herself, bring forth Christ the light of the world. Neither do the star's rays diminish its luster, nor did the Son of the Virgin take away her maiden purity and integrity, says St. Bernard. Whence also those words of Simeon concerning Christ, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. This family was then, as it were, a heaven upon earth, a family, not so much of three human persons as of three embodied angels, yea, symbolically, as it were, of three divine persons. Therefore it is not doubtful that it was thronged with angels ministering to the Virgin as Queen of Heaven and to Christ as their Lord and their God. Yea, they were amazed and had the utmost desire to behold the Word incarnate. Therefore that house, as it were, Heaven, was concealing an admirable mystery, black without but fair within, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Canticles 1.5, says Rupert. Whence John Gerson exclaims in wonder, Oh, how delectable to the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, was that house's Trinity, Christ, Mary, Joseph. Nothing dearer, nothing better, nothing on earth more excellent. Heaven envied earth such inhabitants, inhabitants more befitting heaven than earth. Tropologically, let husbands and wives imitate the Blessed Virgin and Joseph in purity, in sanctity, in patience, in charity, bearing one another's burdens. There was in this family of Joseph, Mary, and Christ the utmost concord amongst all, the utmost love, the utmost reverence, humility, piety, help, and mutual compliance. From it, not only all bickering was absent, but even the very slightest suspicion of any evil thing. Hence such a family deserved to have Christ, the Holy of Holies, for its offspring. In our day there are often in families depraved, disobedient, proud, quarrelsome, impure children, because their parents are such. Like father, like child, what he sees and hears his father and mother do, that he also imitates and imbibes.
Children ever ape after their parents. Before they came together, understand this not as though they afterwards came together for the marital debt, as the impure Helvidius maintained, who denied that the Blessed Virgin was always a virgin, and asserted that she afterwards became, by Joseph, the mother of those who in the gospel are called the Lord's brethren. St. Jerome confutes him at length, and shows that nothing is meant here except the miraculous conception of Christ by a pure virgin. Thus we say in common speech, such a one had gray hairs before he was an old man, meaning that it was remarkable that he was early gray-headed even though he never became an old man, but died before he came to old age. Similarly also, we say, his boy was wise before he came to man's estate, meaning that he was the most precocious intellect, even though he died before he was of mature age, as those who are precocious do thus often die. Moreover, the brethren of the Lord are called his kinsmen. For, as St. Jerome says, brethren are so called in four ways, by nature, race, relationship, affection. People are brethren by nature, who are born of the same parents, by race, who belong to the same nation, as St. Paul calls the Jews his brethren, Romans 9.1, by kinship, as cousins are called brethren in scripture, by affection, as when Christians love one another with mutual fraternal love. For this is the love of the brotherhood, which St. Paul often commands. She was found with child by the Holy Ghost. Observe that Joseph understood her by her appearance, that his wife the Blessed Virgin had conceived, but whether he knew that she was with child by the Holy Ghost or not is doubtful. St. Basil, Origen, Theophylact, and others hold the affirmative, but the contrary is more probable, because Joseph wished to put her away, but is forbidden by the angel who removes his scruple, adding, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, before the revelation of the angel, he did not know this, because had he known it, he would not have wished to put her away. It is said, therefore, that the Blessed Virgin was found with child of the Holy Ghost, because she had verily conceived by him. The expression by the Holy Ghost must be referred to the words with child, not to was found. So the rest of the fathers and interpreters pass him. Origen adds that she was found by the angels, for they knew that she had conceived by the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. Not as though Christ were framed of the substance of the Holy Spirit, as is the case with other offspring, nor of the Holy Ghost as a father, because Christ, qua man, was not like to the Holy Ghost, who in his nature is God, but of the Holy Ghost as an agent and artificer. Thus St. Ambrose in Luke one thirty-five, of the Holy Ghost, not therefore as of the Father, but as it were supplying the concourse of the Father. For the Holy Ghost supplied the place of a Father to Christ, through his power and operation. So St. Ambrose and St. Augustine. For the substance of our Lord's body was supplied to the Blessed Virgin as his only human parent. Strictly speaking, by denotes the efficient cause, of the material cause, as we say in the Creed, conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. You may ask, why does not Matthew say, with child by the Eternal Father, and by the Son, 
as well as by the Holy Ghost. It is replied that he might have said this with equal truth, for it is an axiom among theologians that the operations of the Holy Trinity, ad extra, that is, with reference to the universe of created things, are common to all the three divine persons. But he preferred to say by the Holy Ghost, because, as power is appropriated to the Father, and wisdom to the Son, so love, goodness, and grace, which especially shine forth in this work of the Incarnation, are attributed to the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost proceeds from the Father and the Son by spiration, being, as it were, the term of the ideal love of the Father and the Son. Moreover, St. Thomas teaches that the words by the Holy Ghost signify three things. One, that of the pure love of God and the Holy Spirit, without any human merits, the incarnation of the Lord was accomplished. Two, of the same grace of God and the Holy Spirit, without previous merits, he was conceived. Whence St. Augustine proposes Christ, as it were, the ideal of election and the elect. Whatsoever man is a Christian, he becomes such from the beginning of his faith by the selfsame grace by which at the first Christ made man. By the same spirit a Christian is born again, by whom Christ was born. Remission of sins is effected in us by the selfsame spirit by whom it was brought about that Christ should have no sin. 3. Christ was holy by virtue of his conception. For, like as a man who, by ordinary generation, is propagated from Adam, a sinner is by virtue of his conception born a sinner. So Christ, who was conceived, and as it were propagated by the Holy Ghost, was conceived holy by virtue of his conception. For that which the Holy Ghost worketh can be nothing else save warmth and fire. 4. By the Holy Ghost signifies that he, in the formation of the humanity of Christ, transposed all his sanctity into it, as far as a creature's capacity would allow of such a thing, and so far as a creature can become like the Creator, and as it were transformed it into himself, so that next to himself he made it to be a pattern and prototype of holiness, that from it and according to it he might, as it were, express and depict all other holiness, both of angels and of all men. Therefore the humanity of Christ was the most perfect, special, and most holy work of the Holy Ghost, in which he himself constituted a fount of all sanctity, which by its own purity might wash away the filth of all sins, and so far as it is concerned sanctify all sinners. Moreover, St. Thomas teaches that the preposition by and the expression by the Holy Ghost signifies that Christ is consubstantial with the Holy Ghost, as touching his Godhead, not as touching his manhood, which he wrought in Christ. This, however, St. Augustine denies. End of Matthew chapter 1 verse 18